Welcome to the Career Confidence for Immigrants podcast. My name is Sonia Ortiz and I'm your host. If you're a newcomer to a country, this is not the show for you. But if you've been stable in a country for a while and you feel stuck with indecision, self-doubt and confusion about your career and you want to start feeling better in your day-to-day work life, then this is the show for you. Let's get started. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. So today we're going to be talking about belonging and the value of belonging, what if what is belonging and how to belong, or rather how to cultivate a greater sense of belongingness in your life and at work. And this topic was partially inspired because I read a very interesting article called uh, Beyond Diversity, How Firms Are Cultivating a Sense of Belonging, on the Wharton University website. I will link to it in the show notes for sure. But my biggest takeaway from this article, and please read it if, you, if you're interested and you want to draw your own thoughts and conclusions. But one of the very important things that I learned in that article is that something that fosters the, the sense of belonging the most is when leaders and people in positions of, of power, you know, managers or CEOs and so on, when they make an effort to show the realness, their vulnerability, their insecurities, and so on, all of this tends to be, you know, associated with like a greater sense of, of belongingness, right? And I thought that was really fascinating because it's really fun to see how, you know, even websites like university blogs and all this like prestigious and legitimate publications are actually talking about the power of things like vulnerability and all of these things that usually maybe they're often seen as like less scientific. But now we know that more and more studies are being done on the topics and this is becoming more mainstream, I think. And I'm really, really happy to see um, how much we are valuing actually things like emotions and, you know, quote unquote, soft skills, right? Now, the other reason I wanted to do um, a, a podcast on the topic of belonging is that I think this is a key issue for a lot of immigrants. Now, of course, I've never implied that immigrants are a monolithic group that basically all thinks and behaves the same, right? <laughs> it's not like we're one single unit. There, There's a lot of nuances, a lot of intersections, subgroups, sub-identities in this whole you know, deal of being an immigrant or being the the children of immigrants. So, of course, this is not an absolute statement, right? Now, I do want to, like, if I were to revisit the notes, however, that I have from a lot of my client sessions and a lot of the, even like the texts that I tend to exchange with my immigrant friends, one common theme that we do share is the sense of non-belonging. The sense of being an outsider, the sense of living between borders, the sense of living in between groups, of being not from here nor from there, right? And I do believe that these feelings are part of the human experience, but for many immigrants, these feelings are even more, you know, exacerbated by the fact that many of us literally live in between two countries or in between two cultures or languages or more, right? So all this to say, dear listener, that if you've ever feel like an outsider who doesn't belong anywhere in life or in work, you are not alone. Now, why do we have these feelings of not belonging? So, 
you know, why and what can we do about it, right? So we can begin with the outer circumstances, right? Like I mentioned, many of us immigrants literally live in between countries, in between cultures. And added to that, depending on which group we belong to in terms of race or gender or sexual orientation and so on, we may have also faced a long history of messages, policies, systems that have basically made us feel excluded, excluded and therefore like we don't belong. And although the core of my teachings as a coach is to teach others and remind myself to always, always take responsibility for our internal space, that is our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, we can deny the role and the existence of history and systems of oppression and things like that that do contribute to this sense of non-belonging. I think it's really important to mention that, that it's not like we exist in a vacuum completely, right? Now, we can also look at our own personal experiences, right? Depending on our family history or the role models or the experiences we had earlier in our life, we may have a stronger sense of belonging or not. And by the way, just so that everyone's on the same page here, we're talking about belonging here in the sense of fitting in, right? Of, uh, in the sense of feeling safe and secure at a place or maybe feeling valued and important within a group or within a context, right? We're not talking about belonging in the sense of like owning something, you know, just so we're clear about the definitions and meanings, right? So... We know now that a mix of socialization, culture, personal experiences, all of that shapes and maybe exacerbates our feelings of belonging or lack of belonging. So the next question is, how can we foster a greater sense of belonging in our lives? So where do we even begin, right? And well, not surprising as usual, my answer will be to start by looking at our thoughts because Here's the thing. Yes, there are conditions in life that makes it easier or harder for us to think thoughts that fuel that sense of belonging. And yes, like I said, there's no denying of the history and of the systems um, that create oppression and inequalities, right? Like I said, but still, moment by moment throughout our days, our experience of the world and our sense of belonging, it's directly created and flavored and color let's say, by our minds and our thoughts, right? So for example, just to tell you a little story here, one of the times and places where I, where I used to feel like I didn't belong at all was back when I did my CEGEP. So from the, for the non-Canadians listening to the podcast, CEGEP is a university pre, a pre-university Quebec education program that I believe applies for everyone wanting to go to university, but don't quote me on that because I'm not sure what's the state of the <laughs> education right now. But back in the day, I had done high school in French because that's what newcomers are you know, advised to do as citizens of the province of Quebec in Canada. But of course, the younger overachiever Sonia decided to do Cegep in English because I wanted to le learn English, right? And I'm super, super glad I did, right? 100% best decision, right? Because otherwise, I wouldn't even talk to you in this English-speaking podcast, right? But of course, the experience wasn't easy. I had this super huge sense of not 
belonging all the time. And basically, and, you know, obviously at the time I didn't know how the thoughts I was thinking impacted and color and basically created the emotions and my own perception and experience of reality. But if I were to do a quick recap of, you know, some of the thoughts that I used to think back in the day, they would be things like, oh my God, everyone speaks English so perfectly. I don't speak so well. I will never get to that point of being so fluent. I don't write really well. Why do I keep to make, uh, you know, why do I keep uh, making this, you know, life choices. Why do I make things hard for myself? That was like a super classic one. Uh, No one understands what I'm saying. I'm like, I look stupid trying to speak English. Of course, no one wants to hang out with someone who doesn't speak their language, blah, blah, blah. And of course, I would feel anxious and defeated and like I didn't belong. And yes, maybe some people did judge me because of my lack of proficiency or whatever. Although, to be honest, I don't remember any experience of someone saying this straight to my face at least. And on the contrary, I even had some really good and encouraging teachers who would tell me that was that I was a quick learner, for example. But of course, when you're when you're caught up in your own mind drama in high anxiety levels with like this super deep imposter syndrome, no matter how much evidence you are presented that there's nothing wrong with you, your brain still doesn't believe it, right? So of course, my Sejep years you know, during that time, I didn't make that many, that, that many friends. And I created an experience of being an outsider, not because people were inherently rude or exclusionary, or because they were rejecting me actively, but because I was creating this whole negative experience in my, with my thoughts. And that just caused me to shut down, right? And again, seeing this realizing this, it's not about judging or blaming myself. I think a lot of people, when they realize all the ways in which their brains create their own suffering, they quickly want to rush into blame and shame, right? They just want to like throw their hands in the air and be like, okay, well, yeah, now this is my fault too. Like I created this for myself. (laughs) But I think this is very useless and really not necessary. But I can see what like, like why this is such a strong tendency. But because no one's really taught this art of like self-compassion. And I think this is where self-compassion really comes in. This idea of giving ourselves some 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 compassion, some understanding. Of course, back then I didn't have the tools to even believe that I could have had a different experience if I only dared to challenge some of my thoughts back then. But that's okay, you know, like I was still able to learn my English, take some great courses, meet some great people and so on. Like it was fine. Now, did I have the Disney type university experience that the media who idealizes college life had? Not really, at least not in my opinion, (laughs) but that's totally okay because what happens on TV, it's like rarely real life really. Even even with the new type of series that are like trying to be more like inclusive and relatable and casting people who look like real people in real life, you know, series and TVs are still, you know, entertainment and show business and they're carefully crafted to create a certain experience. They have a certain agenda. So of course, they're not going to be an accurate representation of life. But just to digress, (laughs) of course, now 
you know, you may say like, yeah, but you know, everyone at college feels like this, right? You were like so young and blah, blah, blah. But I, yes and no, because I still meet people who are like in their 60s and they still have these thoughts and these feelings of not belonging. So it's not a, it's not a question of just age, right? So what about if you don't feel like you belong and you're like not in college anymore, right? <laughs> you're like in your 30s or in your 40s or even more. What then, right? Well, the same principles apply. It's the same shit, basically. The pattern So the thought and the feeling of not belonging, it's always fueled by your thoughts. That always applies, right? So the proof of that is that my patterns of not belonging that I used to have like in, in university in Sejeb, they totally followed me years later when I was into my corporate job, right? The same thing, same voices saying that everyone's cooler, that no one likes you, that no one gets you, you know, different places, different people. I was older, I was much more mature in some ways, not so much in others, but the same thoughts were there, right? What changed during that time in, in corporate is that I had started, you know, some self-awareness journey, let's say I had started reading some books on mindfulness, on emotional intelligence. I remember I was really into a website called, I think it was called Succeed Socially. I wonder if it's still online. It was a really good blog on like social anxiety tips and I used to really love it and it really helped me a lot back then. I Something else that really helped me in that time is uh, having had the opportunity to do some trips in other countries of the world also helped me a lot to be more curious about other people. Really, these trips had helped me in a way uh, to... They helped me challenge my own assumptions and stories and rules and ways in which I thought life was supposed to be lived <laughs> or expected to live. And and so going outside of my comfort zone really taught me that there were so many rules and so many expectations that were just all made up, right? <laughs> so I remember also that back in that time where I was working this corporate jobs like I had also cemented this whole idea of how much of an introvert I was and this is another thought that sometimes we tend to use depending on how we approach it to fuel a sense of not belongingness now these days I have kind of re rekindle my relationship with that label like I I'm okay seeing myself as an introvert these days because it actually makes me like laugh a lot I find it really funny and if you follow me on Instagram half my stories are always like introvert memes but I really had to go through a phase of really completely completely questioning this whole identity of Sonia the introvert because I had really taken it to the extreme of completely believing the thought that I didn't like people and I remember I started kind of playing with new thoughts with new questions like what if it isn't true that I don't like people right Because, you know, this thought had been so present in my life that I didn't even see it as like an option, right? And when I think back of that time, the reason why I kept thinking that thought of I didn't like people was mostly because I had the thought that people didn't like me. So it's almost like a thought that I started thinking as a way to kind of like defend myself to like, well, I, I, I'm the one who doesn't like them, <laughs> you know? So 
Um, I started thinking back in the day when I was working at the, the, the corporate world, things like, whoa, my coworkers are so cool. Like, I wonder if I, I can get to know them better. I was, I was really working in like this big corporation with like hundreds of people like in my team. And I was really on a mission to start becoming more curious about people. And as a result, I started becoming more interested in others, like in their stories and what they had to say, what were their experiences like and so on. And of course, my sense of belonging completely changed because now I felt so much more connected to people. So looking back, as I'm telling all the stories from from my past, I think one of the reasons why we feel like we don't belong is simply fear. We are afraid that the other person or the other group is judging us or criticizing us in some way. And this, of course, creates a feeling of not feeling safe, right? When we don't feel safe, we shut down. We probably don't interact as much. Uh, we don't share. And of course, the more we shut down, the less we share, the more we create a feeling of disconnection, of like mistrust, of, and, and therefore of not belonging, right? Right. And in some cases, again, the judgment or the criticism we think it's coming from the other party might be real. Maybe someone has voiced to you how much they don't like you. <laughs> but most of the time, the judgment that we sense it's coming from others, most of the time it's coming from our own thoughts. So what happens is simply that we use the other person as you know the projection of our own thoughts. And we like to do mind reading, right? We say things like, well, you know, I will not share my ideas in that meeting today because I'm sure my boss will not like what I have to say, right? That is mind reading. This is you trying to logic yourself into thinking that you can accurately predict what another person's going to think or say, right? Which is impossible. Most people's brains and minds and, and moods fluctuate so much it's it's just it's just like the weather. Like think of how much your own thoughts and your own like feelings also change throughout time. Like it's, it's impossible to predict with accuracy at all times what someone's gonna think or say or do, right? <laughs> so knowing that the sense of not belonging originates with this idea of fear, I really think the antidote for that is is courage, right? It takes courage to open yourself up. It takes courage to be the one who the first one to ask or to share something, right? It takes courage to be the first one to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm not feeling great today." Or, "Hey, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life." Or <laughs> or to be the one to say, "Hey, I, I do feel left out sometimes too. I, some days I do feel like I don't belong, right? Sharing how we feel, which by the way, I totally do still have some days where I feel like I don't belong and that's okay. So sharing how we feel and what we're thinking uh, with openness and vulnerability, I think requires a lot of courage, right? We're so conditioned to positivity, right? To overconfidence, to certainty. We all want to show our highlight reels on social media, right? And because everyone does it, we think that life is supposed to feel and look like that. <laughs> we feel like goodness and awesomeness and absolute confidence has to be the norm 24-7, but it isn't, right? Life is really cool, but it also kind of sucks a lot of the time. 
So if we want to feel like we belong, we need to embrace the ups and downs. We need to welcome the positive and the negative. When we accept the nature of life, which includes the ups and the downs, and we choose to express ourselves with vulnerability, with openness, with courage, I think not only we show others that we're a safe space that says, hey, I'm human, I sometimes feel happy, I sometimes feel sad, you're welcome to come and connect with me if you want, but doing so also signals to ourselves, to our own brains, to our own bodies, that it's okay to be who we are in the now, that we're at home, and that we do belong. So this is my reflection on the topic and the importance of belonging. Let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know what you think about this topic. What is your antidote for creating more belongingness in your life? Share your thoughts on the Instagram stories. That is where I hang out the most. You can find me and tag me at I am Sonia Ortiz. And thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're interested in learning how coaching can help you navigate career changes and achieve a better work-life balance, then make sure you check out my website at soniaortiz.com. You'll have all the information on how we can work together. Talk to you soon.